Alright, so Sham is here. For the listeners at home, uh, we've known each other now a decade, maybe a tiny bit more. Met yeah, just, as, just about. Yeah, met as young pups uh, at Santos Party House, trying to get our foot in the door at the start of the decade, or the end of the aughts, I guess, whichever. Yeah, man, those are the, the good old days. And just a classic tri-state gentleman, uh, Long Island native, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, uh, you know, a gentleman who's just been transfixed all throughout the culture, was DJing long before me, uh, went into semi-DJ retirement before <laughs> me as well, but no still periodically... He comes to support, and, you know, if I walk away for long enough, he might uh, jump on the decks if no one's, uh, you know, trying to scrutinize us. And, yeah, bro, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, man, thank you for having me. It's an honor, man. I love what you're doing. I love the subject matter on here, and I'm, I'm honored to be able to weigh in and give my two cents, man. I appreciate the, the, the look. Appreciate it. Oh, please, bro. You're welcome. Thank you. And yeah, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people be like, oh, you you, you know strippers. Or, and I'm like, listen, I get that the title might be a little misleading, but, you know, we're not, this isn't Howard Stern. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to be in here just doing shit for clicks or, you know, uh, you know, muffling noises into the subwoofer or nothing for retweets. You know, we come on to talk about the shit that I feel like needs to get talked about. And then, you know, entertainment has just been a while. And so that's what, you know, we were talking about this Jada Fab versus battle, which is, you know, um, something that I think we were both really looking forward to. And uh, I guess just starting, I mean, coming into this, did you get the sense, who did you get the sense was favored in this and why? You know, Foolishly, being a you know, being a, a originally a Brooklyn native, you know, I always got a ride with Fab. But you know, very early into the battle, I got that reality check that you know th this isn't going to be that, and you know, whatever you know, we may like Fabulous for his you know his songs and his vibes. This this wasn't the best matchup for him. I mean, in terms of legends in the game, okay, but ah, man, it's. He should have had another opponent, man. I think Joel Santana would have been a little more even because Jada basically mopped him, if you're asking me. Well, did – okay, and I want to talk – did Fab kind of take a dive? I don't think he took a dive. I think Fab with – what we know Fab for, his music is great for those moments, right? He was La Marina King. He was, you know, bottles up. He was ball drop. All that is great in the moment all these songs on he, these mixtapes. He's basically mixtape singles that he's kind of been famous for the last couple of years. But he'd play one of those. And then you get Jada just doing these legendary verses. He, you know, he, the ultimate flex of, you know, playing all about the Benjamins, Diddy's verse. The ultimate flex of playing Diddy's victory verse. I mean, it just, once you come up with that kind of energy, Fab didn't have a chance in my opinion, man. It's and it well, it's like a five for one because 
the locks they've only really talked about bat like they've talked about it but they don't you know they don't talk about it every day you know they're not attention groupies and even a credible interviewer would not you know be all in their face about what's this you know position so it's almost like not only is Jadakiss playing these records it's kind of cheating because he doesn't have vocals on them puff took his verses but also he's kind of giving us a commentary on the whole you know them getting off the label and and everything you know and him saying i love you puff and it's all good now and you're just like wow man like this is a lot of information in addition to the music yeah and and that's a another thank god the drink for flowing man because the first three or four five minutes of it i said man these guys have more personality less personality than i don't know man bag of sand i was like this is gonna be a little rough to get through kind of what's appealing about the verses is you know just the entertainment factor right you know teddy riley and his technical issues and the show that Man <laughs> put on you know what i mean like you want to watch for some kind of entertainment factor and before the drinks started flowing i'm like man this is kind of dry but once jada get kind of lit and started speaking those industry street secrets it gave you something to look forward to a little something beyond just the music to, to keep you engaged so uh, we're, we're all should, we all should be grateful for that and yes let's say i love this i love them both being there together bounty killer beanie man style john legend alicia key style and in fab's defense also this is a brand new medium you know what right. i'm saying so it's there's all kind of things being formed and this like the luda nelly one like quickly you kind of saw like Luda was kind of in the Jadakiss role. Nelly's yes. Wi-Fi was kind of going out. Like, he was a little tipsy. And Luda's just kind of, like, deadpan. Like, like it's like a combination of his radio show and uh, a Fast and the Furious movie. You know, he's, yeah. just, he's just delivering cold. And I think Jada really treated this like a concert. And also, Fab treated it, I wrote this, like a walkthrough in the Hamptons. Yeah, like, he was too casual, way too casual, man. I mean, maybe it's the just being in the room with him and who knows, production crew. It wasn't really, the energy wasn't there. But I mean, I've been to many Fab shows, but we don't know Fabus would be in a master entertainer to begin with. You know what I mean? What do we see of him outside of the Twitter, Instagram sphere in front of a camera? That's really not his bag, so to speak. So... Jadakiss kind of carried it in, in all regards, in my opinion. Well, and it, the other thing was like, I don't want to kill DJ Boof, but just for someone who doesn't know New York or know that that's Fab's tour DJ, it's just when you're talking about hundreds of thousands of views, DJ Boof, like the guy whose name is a euphemism for like sneaking contraband into Rikers, <laughs> it was just like a little off-putting. I mean, I've shouted DJ Booth. I'm not like, I understand there's probably a great reason why that was the name and why the name hasn't changed. And I, but when you get into a quarter million viewership, it just was kind of like fab. Like this isn't like uh, you know, club Savannah in East Meadow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's shout like out a, to Savannah. Shout yeah. out to Savannah. First of all, first and foremost, <laughs> I respect that OG Cole. Shout out to Savannah. A lot of good nights in Savannah. Respect to you for knowing that. And that's why I asked, did he kind of take it down? Because I feel like early on when it started to go, and then as soon, but here's the thing, Booth, if you don't know him, his name is a little off-putting, but as soon as the battle ends, 
Booth basically scores four points. He starts playing the dream records that Fab didn't play. You know, Fab didn't play Superwoman, and it's like, yeah. not only was the walkthrough of the Hamptons analogy, the casualness, absolutely, but also Fab, this sort of not cumulative idea of his artistry, sort of his kind of 2014 till now, stuff that he's not sick of performing, kind of servicing. Right. And I really hate, I love Fab, and I, this is just an objective critique. It was kind of servicing his own ego a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's the perfect servicing. He didn't really go in for the purpose of winning the battles. Like, all right, I'm Fab. I'll show up. These are my mixtape cuts that most of you should know, and l- let's see what happens. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't see the gamesmanship on his end in any regard. And I know how it is on a lesser scale, right? Like, I know in my career, I have records that like people know me for and love me for and maybe that's not the first thing I think when I want to perform but when I perform it or when someone plays it there's always kind of this moment like two-thirds through where the spell kind of catches in and you get that little twinkle in your eye and you're reminded of why this record worked why this record worked for you why you delivered the way you delivered on this record and to just not play like Superwoman and and you know the dream records and it was I just think, I think part of that is Jada could Jada Jada would let him off the hook. That's it. and you could if you rewatch the battle every time he played one of those you know lovey for the ladies records, Jada would say what Let's stick to the script and he hit him over the head with a banger. I'm talking World War Three chest to chest. You can't put trade it all next to blood pressure, man. It's just, it's not going to work. And maybe being in the room, he kind of felt that. Maybe if it was going in another direction where he can kind of go into trade it all and baby and all of these songs, he, he would have strong on them easily. But Jay wasn't doing that. When, you, when, you, when he's backing up with the hits he was playing, those classic bars, it, it, it felt like a lose-lose. You know, all, I, I said this, and we talked about this previously. For me personally, all Fab's classic, his peak lyricism had to be Loso's Way mixtape. I mean, that's when he was fully street fam, gutted out. He was kind of a little bit over the, the first run, first two album runs with the label, and he was kind of just getting those lyrics off. Like, you don't even know. You know, maybe a lot of it is that he was on other people's beats. Maybe he wanted to play those in the battle. But, I mean, those are what I, I personally would have loved to hear in terms of if you're going head, neck and neck with Jada kids, trade it all just, just doesn't work in that kind of, in that circumstance. Did Fat even play Hollow Back Youngin? Uh, he did. He actually did. Okay. Yeah, he okay. did. And um, I think Jada kids came back with Run, the Ghostface record. So I'll give. Right, right, uh, right. Fab had that round. He, yeah. Know, I, it wasn't I, a, I would... a total, it wasn't a sweep. So Fab had a couple, but. I just recall the way I was feeling watching is every time Fab would get a little bit of, of momentum, you know, the Brooklyn record, the real gangsters don't play record, Jada's rebuttal was just too strong. And that's ultimately his, what was his, uh, his undoing in this one. It's, it's interesting. It's almost, it kind of reminded me of Serbia, England in the 18 world cup where everyone's talking about England right England in this case is like fab but the people who actually like study the data and know the sport and are there all the time and don't just fly in and out they were like actually Jadakiss should win this Jada can lose this by select by poor I knew this was going to come down to selection that's what I said 
And yeah. I said, what I think will probably happen is Jada will opt to classily lose a very close one rather because I thought for Jada to win, I thought Fab was really going to be prepared and he was going to select really well. And I thought for Jada to win, he might've had to play the 50 disc and the Beanie Siegel disc. Wow. The 50 disc. Whoa. I was, wow. He, he had so many bullets in the chamber. He didn't even let off. That's the crazy part. And honestly, if you think about it, if he wanted to go into that realm with Fab, he could have went. He did have Best of Me with Maya. He, he did play the Mary J record at the end. He had the Mariah Carey one. I was hoping he would drop that he didn't. So even if he wanted to step into Fab, Fab's realm, he wouldn't have fared too, too, too poorly in that, in that respect. But just he had a game plan. He stuck to it. He was giving him class, straight classic, late 90s, early 2000s bars and fab unfortunately just you can't compete with that man well, his was, catalog is not that jada was saying on the joe button podcast that he was preparing for like two weeks you know and he had people his son and you know bringing him his music and then also giving him like a, a fab blueprint you know that what we think fab is probably going to play mm -hmm. and we didn't get a lot of that and uh, mm -hmm. it's almost it makes me wonder if like maybe there's been adjustments in Fab's label deal where he wanted to try to spike the streams on certain stuff and not other stuff. It just but I, I know that it had to have been him and not Boof because Boof showed me that as soon as the thing was over, the way that Boof went straight to those American Dream records and shit. Sure. I was like, all right, Fab should have just let Boof do this, you know, because but it, that's that's a hard. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to say, I think that's the allegory of Fab's career, if you think about it. Like, just all that potential that kind of never really delivered, you know, even in this battle, the same. You got, you know, you could have went so many different ways and you just, your selection let you down. And, you know, I'm just going to play, you know, the songs that people know me from my mixtapes and things that maybe will get me streams. And, hey, maybe if I lose this battle, it's one thing, but if the bag is secured, that's enough for him. I mean, this is a guy who, outside of Ghetto Fabulous, still has not delivered that classic album. We're, we're still waiting for that. Never and came. And people might say that, look, whatever album was Knock Yourself Out was on is a fucking classic. You know what I'm saying? If yes. we're talking about Drake having classic albums or Kendrick Lamar having classic albums, yes. whatever fucking album, you know, and it's, it's, it's wild because it was almost like Jada kind of caught like an accidental body, but this became such a celebration of him because... It's like New York has been looking to replace Biggie forever, right? Mm -hmm. And this battle kind of was like, yo, he's been right here the whole time. Yeah. Like this guy true. with yeah. this yeah. personality, this lust for life, yeah. these fucking... He's, he's finally getting his flowers. And it took a pandemic to get him there. But yes, he is getting those well-deserved flowers. You know, and, you know, uh, he was, his moniker was always top five, dead or alive. Now it's like, this is him cemented. Like, no, I really meant that shit. It's, when it's, I said yeah. it, I meant it. It's an accidental body because it's Fab, who is like a very successful, you know, artist. And then you're like, oh, my God, Jadakiss is one of the, the best rappers of all time. Like he yeah. is like basically who could get him out of here? Basically Nas and Hove, right? Yeah, at this point. Yeah, Fab, Fab put himself out there, unfortunately. A realm maybe and, he didn't want to be in. And even... Nas and Hove would still have to select well. You know what I mean? Like they couldn't Absolutely. just 
sleepwalk. Like if Nas went in there and, you know, started playing like Rick Ross hero and shit, he could, you know, end up not performing as well. And it, look, it is a difficult thing. Part, a big part of this versus battle is kind of like DJing. You have to separate yourself from yourself and you have to kind of look through the lens of every viewer, you know, what I yeah. envisioned happening was fab cultivating just like an overwhelming sort of R and B vibe and, you know, uh, Kelly price and, you know, uh, chiming in on the IG, you know what I'm saying? Just like it's Mariah saying, or, you know, but Jay didn't even play his Mariah records. He has two. Yes. He has honey and he has that K. Honey. Wow. I was thinking, honey, but yes, dude, yeah, honey and that's it's huge. Yo. And that's not puff took my verse. That's fucking. She's sitting on my lap in the helicopter. <laughs> Honey, wow, classic, classic, classic. Yeah, man, he, he, his bag is so deep. It's, it's crazy, man. This is, this was a gentle reminder, like, hey, I'm there. I mean, that's what these versus battles are all about, right? I mean, we, I think for me and musically, personally, maybe I'm sure my age here, the babyface Teddy Riley was incredible. Oh yeah, you hear their longevity and the amount of different records they touch back in the day and. You know, had production credits on that was musically amazing, man. That was those are two special dudes, and you know that's what this is about. Bring those guys back to the forefront. It's all about the flowers at this point. My favorite part of the Teddy Babyface one was Teddy's on there and like everything is straight, and Babyface joins the live, and it's like feedback on a megaphone, <laughs> and fucking Teddy's like, "Did you did you do something?" And Babyface goes, "I did nothing." Yeah, man. And, and it's crazy. Even in this pandemic, that feels like three years ago. Oh, you know what so I mean? Long. Like the time is going so slowly, man. I remember when this foot first started with the demon time and the, you know, the Tory lanes. That feels like ages and ages ago. Quarantine radio. Yeah, man. This, this thing is going. It's going its own pace. Well, and look, shout out to the tri-state area. You know, they've been down. They've stayed down. You know, I see these other states who came back too early, and they're paying the price for it. Yeah, man. Shout out. This quick shout out to those who never left, man. I've been here the whole time. Mm-hmm. We stuck it through. We made it through. Flattened the curve. Whatever you say. We didn't run. We didn't go to the Hamptons. We didn't go back to mom's crib on the wet, on the Midwest. We was here the whole time. We rode this shit out, man. Shout out to all of y'all New Yorkers who's in this from the thick of it from start to finish. And do you feel like you're on the other side of it now? I I mean, it's unpredictable, man. I mean, I think we're in a good spot that we can at least enjoy July and August, you know, and September rolls around. Who knows when that, when that first chill hits, how's who's, who's to say, you know, we're in a, we're in territory now where, you know, uncharted territory. So you really don't know. You can try to make plans, but, who knows what this thing is going to do to your plans. You know, it could wash your whole year, the next half of year. This world experiencing something that we never thought could happen. We're dealing with it. But I mean, it's nice to have a little brief pause, but you always got to kind of look at your show, look over your shoulder at this point, like you never could before. It's kind of like that post nine 11 energy, like, you know, what's going to happen next kind of thing, you know, waiting for things to normal up. Yo, that's that's so real, man. Honestly, that's like the only thing that compares. And even that doesn't compare because they were playing NFL the next Sunday. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, no. this it is – it, well, it. But you're right in that it's like 
the thing that you know nobody predicted and people still have so many questions about and still have so little understanding of and i think a lot of people kind of don't really want to understand you know i think no no everybody wants their lives back everybody wants simplicity you know they want to get back as soon as possible you know give me my live sports and give me my my concerts and you know give me my brunch parties people want those comforts because why? Because it's comfortable. That's the point. This is, these are harsh realities, you know. We're all dealing with hard looks in the mirror on multiple fronts that people don't want to do. They like the distraction, man. They enjoy the matrix. And what – now, obviously, the brunch parties and the concerts is, like, a little petty, right? But when someone says, I'm ready for sports to come back, I'm ready for no fans, you know – uh, I'm ready for the NBA to come back, even though I know it's kind of about the money, all about, about the, the money. money. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready to have a new balance. Am I going to now kind of not view it the same or am I just kind of being, am I, am I just fatigued? Depends, man. I mean, what some people, you know, you, for me personally, like you can't go back. Everything is different. Even the TV I watch today is like, why am I watching this junk? You know what I mean? Like, well, what's going on in the world? It's it just doesn't mean the same. Life before and life now just it doesn't equate. You, there's no way you can kind of try to just go back like nothing happened. But some people are gonna want to push through, and they want that because they don't want those. Like I said, they're scared of those realities of the truth of. Damn, you know, life is so fragile and, you know, all the comforts that you thought were just a given can be taken away from you just like that. And people don't want to face that. My job is meaningless. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my thing that I've worked years to get a position in, you know, in entertainment is, you know, utterly arbitrary in the face of these restrictions. Absolutely. You're running the hamster wheel nonstop and it, it finally stops and you look around, it's like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for a lot of people. So they, they'd rather keep running than, you know, catch their breath and see what's really going on. It is, it is interesting to see them like they're moving some of these city bikes to create space for outdoor dining. Oh man! Since uh, well, it depends where you're at. Because I saw it. Yeah, I'm not in the city. Extra city city bike racks in the last two months. So, so I you've seen they, influx of city bikes. Oh yeah! Oh, city bikes always is, on every corner. Absolutely. Yeah. See, I just noticed the one area at the spot in Williamsburg. You know, they had parking spots that had been okay. turned into city bikes, and then they turned the city bikes into street parking. Okay. Or a street seating for the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they were supposed to go into what's the next phase, indoor dining. They started at 86 that. So I guess this outdoor, whatever you want to call it, will be around for a little while. So, yeah, they got to make well, this so space. People got to make money. This is, this is kind of one of the very poorly kept secrets is that recirculated air is just fucking terrible. Yeah. And now we're being forced to sort of face that reality from a mathematical contagion standpoint. But in reality, like... I've been noticing this shit for a while, you know, people be like, Oh, this is like you doing this wedding as a six star resort, you know? Okay. Why does it smell all funky in here? (laughs) Why is this? Yeah. Why is this room not even fucking ventilated? You know, like what the fuck is going on? So in that sense, I think it is good because 
you know, it's a lot safer to, to be, to be outdoors. And like, you know, a lot of this stuff, man, is gross. Like, think about it. Like if someone's making food for us, why not have a mask on? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's just, you know, again, it's the change of a lot of things just can't go back to the way it was before, you know, pre 2020 and post 2020, this is going to be such a pivotal year, I think for society as a whole globally. Well, and also, if we don't know each other, you don't need to be sick within six feet from us, right? Yeah, yeah it's true. I mean, I mean, what's the call for that? Well, I mean, you know, what are we going to do about, you know, 8.58 a.m. rush hour traffic? You know, I remember being... Everybody got to wear a mask and gloves no, like Tokyo. No, you know, six, six feet. There's no such thing, man, where you're nose deep in somebody's armpits. Like, I've been squished between, you know, the door and, you know some smelly old guy just to get to work. Like what's going to happen with that now? You know, is it just, we're going to take the train less. So we're going to, there's going to be more trains running. Who who knows? But I mean, like I said, the way it was, the way it's going to be totally different for the foreseeable future. Anyway. Yeah. People just got to start wearing masks, man. Just like in Tokyo and Wear the Japan, mask. they've been doing this stuff for a while. So yeah, man, it's a fashion accessory now, you know. You got to coordinate your mask with your, with your shoes, with the outfit. It's, it's, it's a statement. It's, it's, a, it's a new flex now. It's some new drip. You got to have the mask drip. I wanted to say, you know, this coronavirus, I think going forward, hanging out with friends post-coronavirus is going to be like having unprotected sex in the 2000s. <laughs> Where if it comes up, we're probably not going to do it. Like, basically, we're going to do it and we're not even going to talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, pause, you know, but like that type of shit. We're making these decisions like this is my home boy. This is his home girl. He's been dating. They've been self-isolating. We going to go on a double date. And we're just kind of taking that leap of faith that. You got to call ahead that, uh, who, you know, who's going to be there, you know, who's, who's, who's on the guest list. You want, you want to know ahead of time who's going to show out. And, yeah, it helps to be outdoors, man. You know, you want to be in that, that open air, not that circulated air, like you said, you know. Yeah. I Shout just, out to these kids in the South. What I saw on the news, these kids are having COVID parties where they're trying to get sick on purpose. That's crazy. Man, listen, <laughs> I think it is. I think it is getting weaker because I don't give a fuck. If you're a fucking LeBron James, right? Asymptomatic, okay. Dog, whatever I had on Valentine's Day. Yeah. There was no way. If you're telling me, you, oh, I didn't even know I had. Okay, I don't think we had the same thing, my guy. <laughs> because I was down, bro, bad. For six days, yeah. I had to take DayQuil just to not be wheezing, you know? Yeah, and boy, now yeah. I supposedly have the antibodies. But even that, my doctor straight up, he's like, it's 83%. You know, there's a, basically a one in five chance that it could be wrong, you know. And well, thank even, God you kicked that, man, first and foremost. Let's stop well, and say that, hallelujah. Man. Yo, listen, and I could tell, bro, that if I still smoked cigarettes, I would have been in trouble. Yeah. I could tell. So I yes. think it is getting less, but that's the thing, man. We still don't know about the, the post effects. They say one in five people is going to have effects, you know, that's lasting. Sure. After, like, Rudy Gobert says, he, you know, he hasn't got his sense of smell all the way back. And um, so, yeah, to you kids who are, you know, having a coronavirus party, just keep that in mind because you don't know what strain it is. And if you still live at home, you could fuck around and kill 
someone in your family just like super arbitrarily. Yeah, man. It's just it's the young invincibility, you know, that feel that they can conquer the world and survive. And, yeah, I mean, we're, this is it's still the infancy if you think about it, man. And you know, it feels like forever for us, but this is just the beginning. We don't even understand what this is about yet. We don't know how we, it works. Anything. What are we more offended though by? Because if you and I go out and we, you know, we got to go back to work and do what we got to do. Are we offended by the kid? We're being like, those kids would be like, Oh, well you doing the same thing. You going back out in the world. Well, we're offended more at kind of the way that they're talking about it. Right. The way they're being flippant about it. Yeah, I think the COVID part, the parties to get it is a little overkill, man. You know, I'm not the one beating people down for not wearing a mask in the street. You know, live your life. But, no, wear a mask. You know, wear a yeah, fucking I, mask. You know, each their own. You should, but I'm not up in anyone's face telling anybody what to do. But the the parties, that's a, that's a little much, man. That, yeah, the, the flipping, just the, the arrogance of that is a little too much for me. Well, and I'm looking at in Florida, it's like, okay, we're sticking with indoor dining, but you got to wear your mask except when your food comes. And I'm like, should I just eat my mask while I'm at it? Like, <laughs> but, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing. Now, man. It's, it's pretty wild. Listen, I don't want to keep you too long, bro. I Do we want to talk anything else um, before? I just wanted to say this Pop Smoke Many Men remix. What do you think? It really sent chills down my spine. Because even if people think whatever the fuck they think like that was a dude who was on his way somewhere. And yeah. I have this new theory now that is like, there's a show zero, zero, zero right on Amazon. Okay. And I won't give it away, but one of the storylines is about, it's one third about Calabria, Italy, La Cosa Nostra, one third about a American family from New Orleans with a shipping company and one third about the cartel in Mexico. And basically the way you become a boss, right, of one of these, like, tripped-out cartels is likely you're going to have two life-or-death situations. And basically, you win both of them. And it's a total coin flip, and it's completely arbitrary. You'll have one life-or-death situation at the million-dollar level and then another one at the $100 million level. Hmm. And 50 won his. Oh, yeah. And he recognizes that Pop Smoke is a dude who was on his way to the $100 million one, but lost his coin flip at the million dollar one. That's valid, man. That's very valid. I mean, you, you, brought, you brought up the topic. So, and I know you know, we, you, you, you're trying to, you know, we don't want to stay too long on this, but. No, as long as you it, want, bro, I'm here. Pop Smoke, interesting theory. God bless the dead. You know, first and foremost, shout out to those who are no longer with us, most important. But. I, I this cannot be said how the court of public opinion can flip so quickly. This is his, you know, he's no longer with this. His first, you know, his debut album, so to speak, posthumous, posthumously released. It's tripped out. Can you recall the project that released while he was still with us and how he was getting universally canned on the internet for that project? Do you recall that? I, I don't. What I just know the records were going up in the club. I mean, you know, generally a lot of the response that I've in the club is one thing. A lot of the response, like you mean nationally, people didn't get it. A lot, a lot of the online people weren't getting it, and people were were kicking it. And what is this? They didn't love the repetitive UK drill kind of vibe. It felt like I don't know how many tracks it was one through thirteen UK drill, and people 
we're, we're trashing it. And all of a sudden now that he's no longer with us, he is, you know, Man, the next anointed one. shows in London. And listen, shout out to 808 Mellow, who's a guy who produces a lot of stuff. I couldn't put my finger on it. And then my homeboy said to me, he said, it's a 5 eighth time signature. Okay. And I was like, oh, is that it? And he was like, maybe not on every single one, but at least on Christopher Walken. Tough record, by the way. Tough record, by the way. Man, dude. Whatever it was, they had found it, you know, they had found. And when I was listening to that many men, I was just like, God, this would have been incredible with a Nipsey verse. Yeah. Rest like, in peace, Nipsey as well. Oh, of course. dude. And this, this is the guy who I think that one hurt so much, not because he was just such an awesome guy simultaneously, because this was a person who was a quote unquote new artist but he wasn't, you know, Trippy Red or Tory Lane. You know, he had a very, he had a sense of history. You know, he was a sure, historian. Sure. He was real. A lot of people in this aren't real. A lot of people just make records aren't about anything. He stood for something. And that, that's hard to find in the modern day industry. A lot of the guys just want to talk and, you know, he lived it. He wanted to uplift those around him. You don't see that very often. Not like, not since Pac, a guy who was really about that. Doesn't happen. One well, dude, this Nip was telling the story where I forget if it was the Pac movie premiere or the NWA movie premiere. And he said that he was basically talking to Snoop and Dre. And he basically alluded to the fact that like Pac needed there need there there still needed to be closure surrounding Tupac. You know, whatever that meant, whether that meant Keefy D had to go or whatever the fuck, you know what I'm saying? But, and he even said, he was like, isn't it time we kind of like, you know, and, and Snoop, he's like, just the idea of like, because it is, it's that fatigue, right? That with Biggie and Pac and 9-11, it's like the artist's fatigue, you know? And then we look up and it's Snoop and Justin Timberlake. Mm. And we're not mad at Snoop. We understand. You know, it's like, Jesus, man, that must have been so fucking hurtful. You know, maybe the only way you, you can really continue is to get with Pharrell and, you know, make these kind of, uh, you know, orange and uh, vibrant sounding uh, records, which yeah. are totally fucking awesome fucking records. But I don't shout, like... Shout to Snoop's PR team, man. This guy's doing the Martha Stewart commercials. T total... 180, man. Back hanging out with Con Kanye after oh, Daz Dillinger released one of the most disrespectful videos talking about Kim in history. Yeah, yeah we didn't get an explanation for that. You know, he was riding it on him and, you know, the <laughs> black Republican thing. And we now all of a sudden, they're, you know, they're in the studio together. What happened with that? Is, I feel like Kanye is like, if the, if the hip-hop world was Fresh Prince, Kanye is like Carlton now. <laughs> it's like we love him but it's just okay to just kick the shit out of him not that i'm saying that because i don't like to do that yeah but i feel like he's just turned into this like pinata almost and it's like dog like kanye didn't kill nobody he didn't rob nobody you know he put artists on he let people out of their deals you know mm -hmm. he maybe has some mental health issues and some insecurity stuff and the things that he did with the president i'm sure he regrets we wish he'd probably come out and say that. I think that would help, right? If he came out and just said that. I think Easy is really about 
to Dallas at this point, man. I mean, the the the, the moves as of late are are questionable. You know, respect to him marching in Chicago. We love to see that donating but, the two million dollars to families of people. Respect to that, but I mean, you know, what is this presidential twenty twenty runabout, and how is that beneficial in the current climate? You know, like what? There's a, a lot of turmoil going on, especially with the election coming up. Why would you do anything to distract from the change people are trying to see? You know, I, I don't. I'm I'm curious to see where this goes. You know, I'm I'm trying to ignore it because it's like, come on, man, we don't need this. But at the same time, it's like, what is? How could you explain what you're doing right now? And I like to see what what the end product is to say, oh, this is this is what this is about. Yeah, it would have been nice when if he just threw his weight behind Sanders nine months ago or something. Yeah, no, he's he's, he's trying to divide Kanye the Kanye has enough money to run for president. It's not about money, man. What, but what, why? Why? What, what's the purpose? Why do you, like, besides your ego, feel the need to be president? Or even come out in this way. For, what, like, what purpose? Now, I'd rather vote for Dwayne The Rock Johnson than you, and you don't see Dwayne out there campaigning. I don't, I mean... It's, it's I don't know. It's beyond me, man. I uh, I honestly I didn't even really know what to make of it because he's didn't he he did that before though, right? Like a few years I, ago. I think he was talking twenty twenty four, but now he's he's pushed it up. I mean, let's see if, if an album comes out. Let, let's see, you know, maybe that's the end game of all this and and a new you know Gap yeah. Yeezy apparel launch. You know, it could be a new product line. I, I don't know. Let's see. But, you know, honestly, there's more important things going on. So, whatever. Wait, look, do, yo, do you? For what it's worth, up until yay, basically, Kanye West's run is essentially unassailable. It's true. Like, for it's me, true. every single one of those albums, you can't say any one of them is worse than decent. And, but that yay was some bullshit. Oh, man. It was, it was tough. Tough to swallow. It was some yeah. bullshit. I don't know. Uh, that's and that's what like if it was two thousand three, if it was George Bush doesn't care about black people, Kanye, I'd be like, yes, I'm voting yeah. for him. But just some of the sonic decisions he's made over the past three years, I'd be like, dog, hold up now, because this this. Yeah. I'd be like, I mean, this, yeah, yeah. A lot of artists go through this, right? But I guess maybe because we're watching it in real time, it's hard to stomach. Maybe this is the you know, Ray Charles country and Western phase, you know, this is the, you know, the, 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 the John, the, the Paul McCartney and wings era, you know, it's like, maybe not at the height of his creative powers, but you know, the guy still got to put music out and maybe it's just not what it used to be. We can bring this to Jada because listen, aging gracefully in this game is very, very fucking difficult. It's true in life. And, but in specifically in music and specifically in black music, you know, like, it's hard, you know, and especially it's probably hard for Kanye to just kind of sit back and chill. You know what I'm saying? Like, dog, you look at the look landscape. At look yeah. at the landscape, man. Look at what's hot right now. Look at the style. It's kind of that A boogie, you know. And it, it's funny. It went from Kanye down to Drake with the singing and down to now all of these Drake offspring, so to speak, that are singing this this style, this sing-songy rap style. Roddy Rich now, you know, it's – it's how can Kanye exist in that medium? 
that's yeah that's 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 the point is like yeah bro it's been it's been 17 it's been 17 years you know that's i think it's tough when you got to wake up and live with yourself every day and it's like that's why it's important you know to have i think the role of the a and r this is you know where fab was failed too you know an a and r is someone who can help you put your whole career in perspective and they should be making you feel great about it not just yeah. good not just decent they should be reminding you every fucking day yo man fuck that shit you made 808s and heartbreaks you know fuck that shit you made motherfucking um uh i can't deny it i'm a fucking rider you know what are we what are we doing with this with this fucking um some of these dude fab was playing records i hadn't even fucking heard <laughs> jay didn't even play why hey there you go he left so much on the table man so, so much look what do we want next? Oh, uh, we'll close on this. Fifty and Snoop for the verses. Um, I've, I mean, Fifty had a very, I, I, I suppose Fifty had a 50 very Nell, brief. Nelly already I, went. Yeah, he can't go. I mean, no. Let, let's keep it hundred. We want to see for the New Yorker. Me needs G Unit Dipset. That would be what mixtape for mixtape. Or yeah, just. But or like G Unit Sans Fifty versus Dipset Sans Cameron. Ooh, okay, that's that, that's that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot, a lot of those those Dipset verses, you know, Cam was the icing on the cake for a lot of them. Yeah, but, that's know, true. I, I feel like Lloyd Banks, you know, carries is G Unit without Fifty. If you think about it, outside of a couple, you know, Young Buck features here and there. But I think the the G unit, if, and even if we link, if we can link in, all right, G unit and Fifty Cent solo tracks versus Dipset and Cameron solo track, because Purple Haze was oh man, fire, still, dude. The one still. they were talking about was Dre versus Puff. Okay, I could see it, but they I got they it. would have to have some ground rules in that motherfucker, yeah, because yeah, that shit be, would reignite the whole East Coast West Coast. Yeah, beats by Dre all over the studio, Ciroc everywhere. Yeah, well, like we got right. we gotta have rules. No hit him up. No who shot ya. Yeah, I, I think at this point where these guys are, I think they they're smart enough to know that we don't want to hurt the brand or the culture, so we won't go there. I think we, we now, they'll speak, know that off the rip. Speaking of that, well, okay, real quick, what's going on with the founder of Versus, Swizz? In terms of the animosity towards. Drizzy. Oh, with uh, with the Buster, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I may. I've been. I, I heard about that. I don't know too much on the subject to speak on. That's what I'm saying. It's weird, right? It's like these dudes, these older dudes, like Kanye and Swizz, they get married. Drake knows their wives, and then it goes left. <laughs> you think there's an underlying connection going on i mean i'm not saying that that drake was maybe because drake probably slept with kim you know that's been said you know right. but heard that i don't think that that's the case with alicia but it's almost like swizz he's not the type of producer who could make an unthinkable you know yeah like so it's just i think it's I think there's something definitely specifically that went wrong that Swizz feels some type of way that Drake should respect. From what I recall, from what I recall in, in the brief video that I watched, I believe Drake wanted a Jay Dilla beat. Yo, but they which, can't just be that. It can't. Uh, well, Swizz. If, if, if there's more, we don't know. But I mean, you know, I'm sure there's industry and the politics and the things we don't see behind the camera. And, 
at these events and maybe there's you rub them the wrong way or said the wrong word just possible you know i can only go off of you know what we can we, we as a consumer can see and the fast 10 years right drake j dilla just sounds insane right now right yeah. he's you know he is at the heart of himself as much as he's become this commercial will smith larger than life pop star he fashions himself as a hip-hop purist you know he would this was the original you know little brother joe budden fanboy he loves rap you know he loved pusha before he was beefing with them so for him in terms of you know his you know fantasy his hip-hop fantasy top five you know he's got to have a jay dilla collab in the stash you know dj premier i'm sure dilla is up there one of his grails to rap over so that's oh yeah you know buster had it he wanted it and he tried to get it and you know I bet it was the idols become rivals. Yeah, it was like he, he what he ended up having to go through to get it at the time wasn't it didn't end up being worth it or whatever. I can totally see that, but I also feel like like just Swizz is like a West Indian New York dude and like the way Drake emotes like emotions and feelings, I just don't think Swizz could like ever empathize with that. He's from the old school. He's from the old school. You know, sympathy for that. And listen, very much new vein, the new attitude. And the new Drake leaks. He sound like the weekend, but that shit is fire. Well, I mean, you know, they're back on good terms. So maybe he's, you know, this is take care all over again. He's back in the studio, putting that pen to work for those checks. You think they are on good terms or do you think, the weekend was just like whatever I, I think you know it was in the beginning it was a slight for the weekend and you know he was trying to get himself out there but now that he is you know star boy icon you know he's like you know let's just get the money it's all about the money anyway this industry is you know, he's been through the ropes that first run around of you know getting out there and doing the whole industry thing and now he's like you know what i know the game a little better let's just make this money period and you know he'll take those ghost riding checks from drake and drake will continue to feed off of him like he always manages to do he needs that power source right you know it was uh the kid on the if you're reading this is too late and you know now it's maybe the back to the weekend again getting get that sound back this have man yeah there's all play there's this one called greece and i was like this sounds like a fucking weekend reference i gotta hear it i, gotta I was like this shit man. is fire but this shit sounds like a weekend reference i mean you know all the superstars that we love so much it seems they all manage to have somebody kind of that silent voice in the background you can see you know puffy had jada right in those legendary verses at one point wayne said all right you know gilly the kid write my verses okay drake take take the wheel you know it's it's kind of how these heavyweights do it you know i love purple haze i talked about it i'm pretty sure every favorite lyric i like is a jr writer verse you can hear it in the way they deliver so a lot of these guys once they get to that superstar status they just kind of put it in park and say all right young guy you want to Make your scratch. Make well, and also, I built the motherfucking liquid metal. So if you come out of T1000, that's I did that anyway, right? Which is, I'm exactly. sure, how Cam feels. You know, he's like, I these are just a bunch of T1000s coming off the presses because the what's just a classic New York phrase gave you a style to run with. Yeah, sure. So, sure, Cam, sure. I appreciate you, bro. Shit, we've been on here a minute. This was fun. I enjoyed yeah. this, man. You got anything you want to? This is the new Drake. You got anything you want to promote? Uh, Not really, right? Wear Everyone a mask. Be safe, man. Wear a mask. You know, entertainment is cool, but don't make it the center of your existence. Live your life. Protect your family. You know, read a book. Educate yourself. Build something. You know, let's not make 
the internet our whole reality, man. That's me. Swords. True ting, true ting, brethren. No, <laughs> OVO boys. No. <laughs> Yo, good looking, man. I appreciate you. And listen, you got to come back, uh, you know, maybe like uh, when we find out what's going on with this basketball season or something. Uh, let's talk Champions League, man. Bring me on. Bayern Munich. Take Yo, listen, yeah, Champions you know I got League. my thoughts about about a little bit from what I know. Let's talk about it. All right, holler at me, bro. I appreciate I you, man. Pleasure. Got the Lambo, got the Tesla, in the Florida, mommy twerking on me. Got the Lambo, got the Tesla, in the Florida, mommy twerking on me. Australian coral reefs, mommy twerking on me. Sydney Opera House lease, that fan drops out me. Bank deposit all G's, infrared in that beach. Who make a martyr out me? I take the charters out deep. Don't make tomorrow our peak. If I say she borrow my keys, if I say she borrow my keys, she look like Emily Radikowski. Sunny Bono on skis, promo runs are not cheap. Mommy heroin chic, Molly got her tongue in her cheek. She don't know my name, A Keys. Bitch, I run AC, chain froze AC, make green like AC. Boca Chica Key, Costa Rican leaf, post a vegan recipe, and then she back and sexing me. Haters playing both sides, I don't need no cosign. More like MJ45, my streaming dad a full night. Hundreds hands on my fourth flight, my land black, my Porsche white. Yo, bitch, let me know I can fuck what she left on her Porsche light. Bailey truck, no keys, rat, no ID. Bezlet shiny, Tim Duncan, five Got the Lambo, got the Tesla, in the Florida. Mommy twerking on me. Australian Coral Reefs. Mommy twerking on me. Sydney Opera House lease. That's in the drop is on me. Yeah. What up? So another very special edition of the Strip Club DJ podcast. Shout out my guy Sham on the first half of the episode. Second half, we're doing a 10-year retrospective to the decision when Jim Gray and LeBron James sat down and LeBron announced to the world that he was taking his talents to South Beach even though the Miami Heat play in downtown Miami. I am joined once again by Gio Palermo. What up, what up, what up? Um, Bob Seeger. He's like a rock, ladies and gentlemen. I got a good, I got a question for you right off the bat. Yes. Why was it Jim Gray? Like he wasn't with ESPN, <laughs> was he? I think uh someone mentioned that they would have preferred Will Bond. <laughs> Fucking Will Bond. Well, Will Bond did the like Skype call with Bosch and Wade the night before. Oh. Maybe Jim Gray lives in Greenwich. Maybe, yeah. Um, but like, how does that cut? Co- like, who was the one saying it has to be Jim Gray? It is a funny question. I mean, maybe Jim Gray is just like the highest you can go, where a guy will still just read exactly what you put in front of him, no questions asked. Unless it's Pete Rose, right? <laughs> Oh, even Pete will go off. He'll go off. Well, no, but don't you remember when he was he was at like one of the All Star games? He was interviewing. Oh yeah, Rose. yeah, Jim Gray. Yeah, and he was like, him. "You mean you really that, didn't gamble?" Like he said, something. "That was low. That was low rent by yeah, Jim Gray. Though. That was weak." But I know Jim Gray does always before all the uh, I don't know if it was Thursday night games or Monday night games, but he always he would always do like an interview with Jim uh, Jim Gray, and it was just yeah. softball lob questions. So I'm guessing that's probably why he was viewed as like, "Hey, this guy's great." <laughs> So it was a weird choice. So 
you know, this is 10 years ago. LeBron is a secondary free agent, unrestricted free agent. It's the biggest, you know, courting of a, of a professional athlete, probably. I mean, maybe in Premier League they had some shit, but... And he announces on TV that he's going to go to Miami. Um, do you remember where you were? Did you sit down to watch the decision? Oh, you better believe it. Yeah. I mean, I was glued to the TV. I couldn't wait to hear where he was going because I was – I was, yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I thought he would just stay in Cleveland. I thought that was what was going to happen. Um, I didn't really think the heat – although I, I started hearing people saying, like, hey, this it, it's looking kind of like the heat, but – I don't know, and then now it's coming out that apparently he, the the Knicks were the favorite, and that he decided, you, you know, within within hours of the the decision. Well, like where <laughs> the Knicks go. lost because no one reported this out of respect for Donnie Walsh at the time, but Donnie Walsh had just had surgery, and Donnie Walsh rolled up to the meeting in a wheelchair with a neck brace. <laughs> That's not funny. That's just a funny thing to think about if you're LeBron James. No, it James, is. It's funny. Like, I mean, shout out to Donnie. Because it's like, well, why man. would that matter? But then it's like, well, you just look like you just don't look <sighs> hip. <laughs> it is. It is. It is interesting um, because Carmelo's not there yet. So that's right. Yeah. It's not you know the way we think of it now. Um, I remember. I where were you in nationally? You were oh, at the I crib. Was in, yeah, I was in. Um, just I uh, was in between Baltimore and Washington D.C. Okay, so I was at a bar in New York City, and uh, it was just awesome, man. Like it's so funny. Like in retrospect, people pan LeBron. Like, dude, LeBron literally came in the NBA at like 17 years old, so he's literally 25 at this time, you know? Yeah. And so what we're talking about is a retrospect of the decision, and also the first finals that. Miami goes to and ultimately loses to Dallas, which I think there's also a lot of misconceptions about. Um, a lot of people talk about this being the beginning of the player empowerment, and uh, that's true. You know, it's not untrue. In a way, though, um, the GMs left the players no choice. You know, they were so incompetent that uh, that the players had to start kind of building their own teams. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, I mean, I, totally. And then the other thing is, is that the popular narrative for all these players that us fans and, you know, media personalities talk about is, well, how many rings you got? You know, so it's like, I don't blame these guys. I don't blame, I mean, I do blame Kevin Durant for going to the Warriors, but I, I understand why he did it. Because he's going, well, I just need rings to, to send, cement my legacy as an all-time I'm behind. Player. I'm one year behind Michael Jordan already. So. Yeah. So, like, I <laughs> totally understand that. And I understand, like, at the time, I was like, well, Cleveland sure as hell isn't giving him any help. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I totally get it. But, yeah, I mean, I think, so, and this, I think that's part this, of it. Yeah, too. there's a foreign guy whose name I don't know. He's on the Down to Dunk podcast, which is an Oklahoma City Thunder podcast on the Athletic mm-hmm. Podcast Network. He brought up a really interesting point, which was, say what you want about Jerry Krause, and he probably was like, you know, not even really that good. Jerry Krause would have gotten LeBron what he needed to have probably, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if Jerry Krause had seven years of being the GM for LeBron, so... He, he would have done a better job than, you know, whoever was in place over there. Yeah. Well, so I actually know someone who, uh... Well, I'm not going to say who, but uh, at the time was an assistant GM with uh, the Cavs. 
Uh-huh. And from what I heard, and now I don't know if this is true, but this is what I heard from somebody who worked there, uh, that basically they just let LeBron do whatever the fuck he wanted. And that was bringing all of his friends on the plane and taking, you know, just uh, they allowed him to kind of just do whatever he wanted. And I've heard that. I heard I don't Dan know if, Gilbert. Like, so yeah. what, what's the, okay, so if that's the case, what's the appeal to go to Pat Riley and the Heat if you're LeBron? Like, because it's like, they weren't, dude, the third person in minutes in 2010. Okay, here, 2010 Cavs. It's LeBron, Mo Williams, or one and, and two. then third in minutes Anderson is Venezuela. Anthony Carter. That's interesting. Okay. Did not Dude, remember this that team, one. man, come on. Like, I mean, listen, this team goes 61 and 21. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But you know, like I know, playoff, playoff time is different. Um, and can we just can we just I, I I don't know if this is reckless or if this is appropriate, but can we just get into the LeBron and Delonte West banging his? Yeah. Thing? So and this is another underrated. <laughs> is that true? Is, is this true? If yeah, I think so. And if that stuff is true, it's probably like it it adds on to it because Delonte is on the team. Boston is you know being disgusting about it you know they're using it like uh they're just so they can't even trust that they're just gonna win you know they have to try to you know confront lebron with these revolting uh allegations here's here's something i want to know how come everybody had the same story and the reason why this was so interesting to me was because my friend actually worked for the yankees at the time was was actually working at for the Yankees and he told me he said I heard from a guy who works security at the Yankees that this is what happened so and then I I saw a lot of other people saying like oh yeah somebody from somebody who uh, worked in security at one of the arenas like it, it was it was like the same story and I'm like well how is that the case because my friend actually worked for the Yankees so I don't know if he heard it and he repeated it to me and then I repeated it and then other people were like I don't know how that worked but it seemed like everybody had the same story of how they heard it yeah, so that's another underrated factor. And as you can see, Delonte is a drug addict. So, you you know, who knows what he was up to, you know? Yeah. He was just doing crazy stuff, man. Who, Reds? Dude, this, this fucking roster is a mess. LeBron James, Mo Williams, Antoine Jameson, Anderson Verjao, Anthony Parker, Delonte West, Shaquille O'Neal, J.J. Hickson, Zerjunas Ilgauskas... Come on, you know what I'm saying? Sebastian Telfair, Booby Gibson, Jamario Moon. Sebastian Telfair was on the team? Yeah, and uh, it looks like uh, Danny Green was injured. He only played 20 games. Maybe that would have helped him out. Wait, Danny Green was on the Cavs? In 09-010. No shit. So, all right, so... The thing is, everybody kills LeBron. It was fine. It was great. It was awesome. It's, you know, in retrospect, it was so awesome that they just, like, kind of created an event out of nowhere. But totally. this, all this stuff, right, they showed it to us that the GMs are so incompetent. That would be their side of the story is, bro, these GMs are such nepotism hacks. 
that we have to basically build 60% of the starting five on our own just to ensure that they don't fuck it up. <laughs> so to that end, okay, and Pat Riley does not do a great job as a GM this year, you know, and then there's the legendary story that after Miami lost finals, they go to meet with Pat and LeBron says, don't you ever get the itch to come back? And Pat says no, and LeBron walks out of the room scratching his shoulder or whatever. Uh, that's fucking crazy. So everybody talks about this finals as if, you know, da 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 is the worst thing ever and da 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 for LeBron. First of all, Dwayne Wade goes to the locker room two times in game five, okay? Mm. Uh, game five, you know, the series is 2-2. Two, two. It's Dwayne Wade, you know, goes to the locker room two times and then comes back out. It's like, dude, can you play or not? And that's the game, if I'm not mistaken, there LeBron scores eight points. Everyone's like, oh, you only had a game where he only scored eight points. Well, of course, motherfucker, they just keyed off of him on everything because Wade's out of the game for a big portion of it. Yeah. And also, Eric Spolstra is, first of all, Eric Spolstra is a highly overrated coach. Wow. He barely was able to stay out of his own way enough for them to win. And in this series, he is grotesque. Mm. And if it was 2014, they would have gone... Wade, Bosch, James, Mike Miller, um, and then, you know, whatever, Mario Chalmers. You know what I'm saying? They would have just gone small. Because Mike Miller's not like a short guy, you know? No, I think he's like 6'8". But instead, they just insist on playing Joel Anthony, who's like a skilled, kind of a skilled big, but they need to be shooting threes. And Dallas, on the other hand, Jason Kidd makes every single – I haven't watched Game 6, but I've rewatched this whole series, and I encourage everyone to do it. Jason Kidd makes every – they have an offense that they're running in Dallas where this is – and if this result happens, Jason's going to be standing there. You throw it to him. And they do it about nine times in the series. And Jason Kidd makes these set shot three-pointers. He just bangs them home. So, look, I sent you the link for both rosters, right, mm -hmm. for the 2011 finals? Oh, yeah. This is the first finals that LeBron played. So what we're going to do is we're going to do uh, – a roster quality valuation exercise. Like Jimmy Johnson had the thing, you know, at the draft where the number one pick is worth a thousand points, right? Mm -hmm. And then the number two pick is worth 990, 980, etc. So what we're going to do is we are going to look at these two rosters and we are going to draft them like, you know, we're playing a pickup game. And uh, and that is going to demonstrate the absurd discrepancy between the two rosters. So do you want to pick first or do you want me to pick first? Uh, you can pick first. All right. You can have any player off of either two teams. All right. Obviously. Um, in fact, here, let's just do it like this. You're going to go first. You're going to take LeBron. Okay. Naturally. I'm going to go second. I'm going to take Dirk. You go third now. All right. Dwayne Wade. Okay. You go Dwayne Wade. I'm going to make this even easier. I'm going to just take Mavericks for the beginning of this, just to prove my point. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to take uh, Tyson Chandler. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'll take uh, Dirk. No, Dirk's already off the board. Is he? Oh, you I took Dirk first. Oh, okay, uh, then I'll take uh, Bosch. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, now we're out of the top five. All right, so we're gonna drop the valuations significantly here. 
Uh, let's see here. We'll drop them from a thousand to say seven hundred. All right. I have the sixth pick. I am going to take Jason Kidd. Okay. All right. I got the next pick. I'm taking uh, Jason Terry. Okay. Now, for the sake of okay, that's fine. Jason Terry is off the board. Uh, now I have pick number eight. I am going with Sean Marion. Okay. All right. Your pick. I will take... Uh, I'll take J.J. Barea. Okay, wow. All right, now 500, pick 10, Deshaun Stevenson. All right. All right, I will take uh, Mike Miller. Okay, interesting. All right, I'm at pick number 12. I am going with Peja Stoyakovic. Wow. All right, I'm taking Rio Chalmers. Mario. Mario. At 13. Yep. And then at 14, this is we're getting in the weeds now. I am going to go with Brian Cardinal. <laughs> Dude, the guy made a couple big threes in this series. I know, I saw. I saw his stats look pretty good. Um, okay. Deshaun Stevenson shoots 10 for 15 from three in this series. That's fucking good. All right, I'll take uh, Bibby. Okay, Bibby. All right, so that's good. That's that's far enough. 15 picks is good, okay? Yep. So for everybody who says that Miami should have won this fucking finals, okay? Out of the first one, two, three, four, five picks, it's two Mavericks and three Heat, okay? Mm -hmm. The next one, two, three, four, five players are Mavericks, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you go, Mike Miller, you're getting to the point where it's like, we've picked eight guys right there. So out of that top eight, uh, or excuse me, yeah, five and then ten. Yeah, so they have uh, they have seven of ten. Of seven of the first ten is what Dallas has. Yeah. And Dallas has a plan. They have a real coach, a guy by the name of Rick Carlisle, who had been to multiple Eastern Conference finals and probably would have cakewalked to a championship with the 04 Pistons. Wow. Had they not, you know, gotten antsy and fired them for uh for Larry Brown. And Miami has no fucking offense. All they do is transition stuff and they make some desperation threes that are just like insane. So, and in addition to that, like I said, Dwayne Wade goes to the locker room two times in game five. So two what was, times. What was going on with him? Was he hurt? That's what I'm saying. He's doing like the Scottie Pippen routine. So Miami comes back the next year with Shane Battier and Ray Allen. Oh, yeah. Now, 
you've got a fucking squad. And, dude, Dallas plays. This is an awesome team. Dirk Nowitzki, Jason Terry, Sean Marion, Tyson Chandler. Jason Kidd, Deshaun Stevenson. Mm. J.J. Barea. Peja Stojakovic, Jan Mahimny, Brendan Haywood, Brian Cardinal. They play 11 guys. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's going to be tough to beat. They play seven guys with over 100 minutes. Miami only plays five guys with over 100 minutes. So it looks like the series was pretty darn close until the last two games. Like it's Heat win first game 92-84. Mavs win the second game 95-93. Heat win the third game 88-86. Mavericks win the fourth game 86-83. Dude, the thing is Dallas comes back from 15 down in game four and then in game five they come back they're 15 down in the fourth quarter and then i think they come back from down six with three minutes to go in game five Hmm. so dallas is like that's a part of the reason i think the way people perceive it but it's part of dallas's game plan and also they're playing the numbers and they're playing the results they're taking what the defense gives them and spolstra is not concocting a method for miami to guard the three-point line Damn, dog. And at one point, Van Gundy even says, just give the ball to LeBron James. They're still like, LeBron's kind of like, you know, Dwayne Wade is like the primary ball handler. Man, yeah, I don't know. I, that's So your your point is basically, hey, this this isn't this big abomination. LeBron had some things like stacked against him, essentially. Yeah, it's honestly, it's a miracle that it, you know that it that it went six games and so okay he had one game where he had eight points Dwayne Wade goes to the locker room two times it's the motherfucking NBA finals and here's the other thing you're not pushing this Dallas team around dude Jason Kidd is like literally 39 years old in this series (laughs) Tyson Chandler was drafted in 1997 he's still actually in the league kind of no shit. So he's a 14-year veteran. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jason Terry is like 37. And Jason Terry plays out of his fucking mind in this series. Yeah, he did. J.J. Barea plays out of his fucking mind. Deshaun Stevenson, as I mentioned, shoots 10 for 15 from three. It's unbelievable. That is so efficient. That is like, that was even, that means he basically shot it he took fewer shots, but he basically shot it even better than Fred Van Vliet last year. Man, this shit. Oh. So, you know, and LeBron's 25. 25 years old. 25 it's not like it's LeBron. LeBron this year and he, like, coughs up, you know? Yeah. Like, if the Lakers were to go to the finals and lose to Milwaukee this year, people would be like, that was not supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you think the chances are that Lebronius will be in the NBA Finals if and when they restart? And I think it's pretty good, man. Is it an asterisk? LA is there an asterisk? They've been playing together. I, they've, it looks like they've even been developing masks that they can play with. No shit. I saw some pictures of Braun with like a mask on. That's interesting. At like the facility. So, and they just, they're like... They're like one of those like old people lottery tickets where like you don't win a lot of money, but if you buy a bunch of them, you'll hit one. Between fucking Danny Green, 
Dion Waiters, J.R. Smith, Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Like, as long as, you know, uh, Frank Vogel is on his shit, one of those guys is going to have to give you some threes. Mm. One of those guys is going to make some shots. Mm-mm-mm. And they have Markeith Morris. Man. What about Quinn Cook, dog? I mean, I don't anticipate him getting minutes, but you never know. Why? You still like the Clippers? Nah, I want to see the I want to see Lebronius win, but I'm just Me too, but the Clippers are dangerous. Definitely. And I'm just curious as to how people are gonna view this. Like because it's like, do some people think it's harder? Like, couldn't you I mean, make an either argument? Way, it's it's legit, is- man. By the time the conference finals come around, this shit is gonna be no bullshit. Yeah, like I don't. I I think you could actually argue that it's it's a harder s- scenario. Yeah, look, somebody's got to win, just like every year. Somebody has to win. Better win, better win. And yeah, dude, it's you know, it's this is just part of the thing. It's like the lockout season or whatever. You know, the teams that had their system and their rosters locked in, they benefited. I mean, you know. And, dude, it's there's dangerous teams, though. Like, Miami is very dangerous. Philly is very dangerous. Toronto is very dangerous. Houston is very dangerous. Hmm. Like, if there's a coronavirus test that happens at an ill-opportune time, you know, to a certain team at the wrong time, you could see a team like, you know, Houston or, you know, maybe Miami or Toronto going around further than we expect you know yeah damn so if you had to predict it right now you got to call the finals and a call a winner mm, man i'm wow i kind of want to say the boston celtics dude bill simmons takes one week off doing a podcast and you take up the mantle for the Boston media mafia? I don't know. I mean, I just they have a really good team. I don't see why they couldn't go on a run. You know? Do they, though? Yeah, I think they're pretty good. We'll see. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, knows, but. I, I'm more scared of Philadelphia and Miami and Toronto than I am Boston. And obviously Milwaukee, I think. The East is Milwaukee's to lose. I think what we need to see about Philadelphia is... They won all their games at home and lost all their games on the road. So this environment in Orlando, are they going to go 500? 500 is good enough to win the NBA Finals if you time it right. Yeah, it's true. Or are they going to lose all their games because they feel like they're on the road? Are they going to win all their games because they feel like they're on the home? Or are they going to win 75% because they feel like they're not on the road, but they kind of don't feel like they're totally at home? That's the team, you know. That's the team that that has the talent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think they they kind of remind me of like Oklahoma City before Durant left. Mm, man. Uh, yeah. Like to me, Philadelphia. If I was like, I have Philly versus Boston. You're going with the C's. I don't know, man. This I I to be perfectly honest, and I've said this before. I I don't think. Sports will be happening, but 
I hope you they don't do. think they're going to go through with this. I mean, I just I still firmly believe there is no plan in place for what happens when X amount of people get sick. They don't have a plan. They do not have a plan. It's basically in the NBA. Yeah, that the plan is well. If it happens enough, we'll have to postpone it. That's what their statement is. See, they should. I agree that they should put in something where it's like, if a team that's seated in the top four of their conference has a player who is in the top two in minutes played tests positive, that team gets like a one week deferment or something. Like maybe you don't, he you don't miss the whole series. But you might miss a game or two, you know? Oh, yeah. Something like that. But, unfortunately, dude, I've been hearing there's already reporters in the bubble, and it sounds it sounds really fascinating. They're getting tested every day, and then once they pass two tests negative, they put on the, um, the purity ring. <laughs> Oh, that's great. And once they put on the purity ring, Adam Silver can see all their deepest, darkest fears and fantasies. No, just kidding. Um, No, I think they're going to work it out, man. I really do. I think that there might be some story of, like, some player on the Wizards, like, trying to bring a stripper home or something. I mean, like... But nobody on a team that matters... But, like, how does that work? Like, how is that fair? You know, it's like, how do you, I don't know, what do you do if one person gets it, the other team doesn't get it, but then you shut everything down? Like, I don't no, think No, I don't they think know. you can. Like I said, I think that there's probably an unwritten statute that if one of the best two players on a team that's actually a title contender gets it, that maybe they'll run a weak deferment. Or say it's the NBA Finals itself, there's only two teams playing, Right. Yeah. So you can be like, you guys each have a, a five-day exemption. At any time, you can activate a five-day delay exemption at any time in your schedule. If, if certain, you have one amnesty, you know, five-day exemption clause, you know, like a little red flag you can throw. Okay, cool, I got it. Bang, that's five days. That means he's 14 days out, so we'll miss him for nine days, so it'll only be like, you know, three or four games or something. Yeah. And plus, everybody's already there, so you can run it like an AAU tournament. Yeah, that'd be pretty key. You can just like post the game schedule on the wall in the ping pong room. Oh my god, no, I don't know, man. What if? What are they gonna do if more Epstein shit comes out while they're in Orlando, and it implicates? <laughs> and it implicates. <laughs> she uh, listen, man. This who Guilin? You know, Guilin? Are you talking about Guilin? It's almost weird because, like, as much evidence as there is, like, I don't know how much actual, like, evidence, evidence there is, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Besides just people saying this happened to me and, like, being like, here's pictures that show I was here and with Yeah, yeah. Well, and they've got to get control of her because she's going to spill the beans. Well, she's going to, she's going to suicide herself, right? Like, she will be suicided, meaning someone will kill her. Well, they already said she has coronavirus. Does she really? That's what they said, yeah. Oh, They God. said she contracted it. She tested positive for it in a New Hampshire jail. Oh, my gosh. So they could just say she died of coronavirus. All right. Well, now we know the official cause of death. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, funny that we can do that 
before it even happens, but I guess that's kind of what you expect. Um, do you think that this time, because as, as far as I understand, she's in the same jail that Epstein was in, right? No, she's in New Hampshire right now. Oh, I thought they put her in... Uh, Did they take her down there? I, I mean, well, I don't think she can be in the same one because it's, it's not unisex. Well, I think I mean, they maybe. Just, it's I think they just, I think Metropolitan it's like same, Department just of Corrections. Yeah, I don't know. But so anyways, uh-huh. I, I, it's, do you think that with her, that the security guards will fall asleep and the, the video cameras will mysteriously uh, malfunction right at that moment? I mean, if, they, if the right people, you know, if William Barr needs that to happen for whatever reason, then... I don't know. I mean, and also, who's also? What's the Nas lyric? How can a kingpin squeal? <laughs> yeah. She was the one. She, uh, there's no one for her. To, she can say, people. She can say that she got you know, arrangements made for these people or whatever. But, I mean, she was the you know the Tracy McGrady of human trafficking. <laughs> no one was passing her the ball, you know? Yeah. She was out here doing off the glass fucking somersault dunks. Running wild, you know, essentially operating with impunity for decades. Mm. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess the idea of her dying in prison or going to face trial and going through a whole trial and going to sentencing and then dying in prison. Um, yeah, I guess I'd say if I had to, I would favor her dying within the next like five years. Yeah. Over, you know, going through everything and going to prison and dying of natural causes in prison. Mm. Um, did, have you heard anything about Nike threatening the red, uh, the Washington, football team so here's the thing first of all they need to just make the name the red braves yeah fuck them because apparently braves is still okay there's no other braves in the nfl and that way you maintain the homage first of all also i feel like if daniel snyder had a had some sort of resume about positive things that he's done for native american people like if he could come out and be like look i tested you know uh 70,000 people for coronavirus on uh on you know native american reservations you know or i fucking you know donated this money to alcohol rehabilitation uh efforts on native american reservations or something you know it's just like where is if he wants this so bad, he should have like someone from the Native American community who can be consulting him objectively. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. And furthermore, people don't give a fuck about this name. Black people in this country don't want their kids to die arbitrarily at traffic stops. If you ask them hey, do you want the Redskins to change their name or do you want your kid to not die arbitrarily at a traffic stop? They're going to fucking take the latter. Like, this is just like, it's like a three-card Monty game in Times Square. It's just a misdirection. Mm. And I haven't heard strongly from a Native American person, anyone, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I I was 
I was listening to the uh, sports talk radio the other day, and this guy calls in and he says, because they were talking about uh, the, the changing the name of the Reds, they were basically like, you know, hey, what, what's what's taking so long? Like, when is this going to change? And this uh, this guy calls in and he's like, first of all, I'm Native American, and let me just tell you, no one gives a fuck about the name Redskins. Right. That's what he said. Now I don't know if that's representative of all the people that would, you know, might be impacted by this, but. That's what he said, and he said that very decidedly, like very decisively, like we don't care. This we isn't got the an issue. Chiefs, we got the Indians, we got yeah, the, the Seminoles. Yeah, we got how does the that Braves. work? What are they going to do? They got to change, you know, got to change all. I mean, well, and that's that's fine, but you know, the point the point remains: people want actual, tangible change in society. Like, uh, this is not the same as ripping down the statue of someone who owned slaves. You know, this is. This is, uh, it's a little bit, it feels a little bit arbitrary. Like, and but did you notice that the Native Americans won a big victory on the Dakota pipeline today? Did they? What happened? Yeah. They, the Supreme Court ordered they have to stop for right now. Oh, no shit. Huh? There's some sort of alternative appeal thing or something that some tests or whatever to, to determine another determination, but. For right now, that's uh, they stopped the Dakota Pipeline, basically. And I'm sure if you ask Native American people, like, what if Daniel Schneider came out and just stopped the Dakota Pipeline, you know? You think people would be on his fucking dick about changing the name? Probably not. You gotta rep it right, you know? It's just like we were talking about. If you want to rep for white players from the 70s, make sure it's Maravich and not fucking Havlicek. Like, if fucking Daniel Schneider is actually doing good shit for Native American people, then, you know, I mean, at a time, that was a, that was a thing. I mean, people say that, the red man, the black man, the white man, you know? Yeah. The first time it got offensive was when you said the yellow man. Who said that? That became offensive after Vietnam. Oh. Or it was, people would say it was always offensive, but you were no longer allowed to say that, you know? Like when Bruce Springsteen says in Born in the USA, send him off to a foreign land to go and kill the yellow man. That's a, that's a nuanced uh, irony, right? Wow. He's not just, you know, arbitrarily saying, calling, you know, um, Indo... China, you know, Asian people, uh, yellow, you know, he's, he's proving a point, right? Totally. Which a lot of people complain about. They say that Springsteen stumps too much at his concerts and it pisses them off. <laughs> For real, Francesa and Mad Dog both say that. It's funny because people think the same thing about, uh, what remains of the Grateful Dead. Because should we should we R.I.P. Charlie Daniels, right? Yeah, this, we can close on this. Gotta say, that it. guy was tweeting some wild shit right before he died, bro. What was he saying? Like, remember 9/11? Benghazi isn't going away. 22 veterans commit suicide every 24 hours. Holy fuck, dude! Yeah, yeah. Was, um, he was a Southern American. Was he? Was he Sunday Night Football? No, Charlie Daniels, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yeah, but I thought he was, I thought he... No, that's uh, Hank Williams. Hank Williams, there you go. Bang. Because all my rowdy friends are here for Monday night. It's so good. 
Are you ready for some football? A Monday night party. We got Jill Palermo and see us. We gonna get this bitch rocking. It's so good. It's time to get ready. It's time to get right. Cause all my racist NASCAR friends are sniffing that cocaine white. <laughs> That's basically the coded language of that song. It's so good. Cause 20 years from now we'll retain plausible arbitrary deniability by the noose. So that's good. How is everything going okay with you other than the quarantine? Oh, it's cute. It's pretty cute. Just chilling, man. Just chilling. Uh, that's nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's cute. I'm, if there's going to be another big shutdown, I'm pretty sure I'll probably lose my job. But uh, hey, still got it until then. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm hearing that they're playing youth sports, though. Some places, right? Yeah, like uh, some of the so people maybe that they'll I, be playing everything and stuff will stay going. Yeah, I'm the, just. Uh, I mean, I just don't think I, it'll happen, but hopefully it will. Well, so we'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, you know, maybe sooner, maybe later, maybe go fuck yourself. That's what I say. Maybe Jamario Moon's gonna start 61 games for us, and we're gonna have a reasonable expectation of LeBron James coming back to our team. Oh, incredible. I love that Jamario Moon reference. Strip Club DJ Podcast, Gio Palermo. Thank you, sir. You know it, dog. You Holla. know it, man. Peace, y'all. All right, see ya. Me and my homies, we tied it in the club. We're chopping